In last week's episode, I explained to all of you what my hypothesis is in regards to the events that led up to the actual crime itself and the events immediately following it. In this week's episode, we're going to go in a completely different direction. This episode will be different than most in the fact that you're not going to hear from me hardly at all. At this point in the investigation, I'm sure that that's a welcome change for a lot of you. And I hope that maybe for some of you, you're going to miss hearing my voice. But either way, what we're going to do today is give all of you some insight into the state's theory of the case. What you're going to be presented with today is the motive for these murders as it was presented at trial. And rather than me explaining it to you, we're going to go a different route. In today's episode, you're going to hear the full trial testimony of the state's expert, Dale Griffiths. Griffiths appeared briefly in Paradise Lost Part 1, where we heard him explain that he believed the motive behind these murders was a satanic occult ritual killing. But the short blurb that you heard in that documentary hardly paints the entire picture. Griffiths' testimony actually went on for about an hour and a half, and after putting a lot of thought into this, I've decided that the best way to present this material to you in an unbiased way is to just play the trial testimony. The direct examination by the prosecutors and the cross-examination by the defense attorneys. You'll hear the strengths and the weaknesses of the state's theory of motive directly from the source. And so without any further ado, this is the trial testimony of state's expert, Dale Griffiths. At my request, uh, have you reviewed autopsy reports for Stevie Branch, Chris Byers, and Michael Moore? Yes. And have you re- reviewed autopsy photographs? Yes, I have. Have you also uh, reviewed some crime scene photographs? Yes, I have. Now, based on those items that, th- that you reviewed, and if you assume that the testimony showed that the defendant, Jason Baldwin, uh, sucked the blood from the penis of one of the victims, that it occurred on May, this crime occurred on May the 5th or 6th of 1993, that there was a full moon, and that there was the <coughs> absence of evidence of blood. Whispering out in the audience, somebody's going to get it. I can hear audible talk. I don't want to hear it. All right, go ahead. And there was absence of evidence of blood at the scene. Uh, based on those factors and uh, the, the information that you reviewed, uh, do you have an opinion as to whether or not the murder of Michael Moore, Stevie Branch, and Chris Byers is occult-inspired or are the occults involved? They're <clears throat> using those uh, items, yes. All right. And what is that opinion? That the trappings, that they were using the trappings of occultism during this event. And what do you mean the trappings of occultism? Well, you've got dates, uh, time, uh, time of the moon phase. You have uh, the removal of blood, and uh, I think it was. Well, to start with, uh, on the uh, the date, um, 
What, what effect, what, what relation does the date have? <clears throat> Occultist, primarily, in, in when we're discussing this, saying uh, in, in general, like mm-hmm. any other uh, religious body, have certain holidays that they worship. Uh, this uh, Walpers Knock is on April 30th, Beltane is on May 1st, and then the Okay, some, now, all right, let's. April the 30th is what now? Wait a minute, the jury's saying they're having a hard time hearing. Can you, can you leave? Pardon? Yeah. The gray one. This one here? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. All right. April Sorry. The, April the 30th. Yes. Is, is what now? Walper's not. It's, it's based at the changing of the seasons. Okay. And uh, Beltane is, is uh, May 1st. It's a fire festival. It's a what? Fire festival. Fire festival? Fire festival. All right. And uh, in what group is that a holiday? Generally, uh, in, uh, in occultism, it's used by uh, uh, both pagan and uh, satanic beliefs. All right. Now, <laughs> while we're talking about it, can you define w- what we mean when we say the occult, occult? Sure. Occult is, is uh, like an esoteric secret science religion, uh, and there are different types to it. There's paganism, uh, which is white witchcraft, and there's Satanism that's black witchcraft. Uh, some shamanism has been put in there, which is uh, Indian folklore, uh, occultism. Uh, they go back uh, in the area of, of uh, paganism prior to Christianity. Now, uh, does the manner in which the children were tied, does that have any effect? Notice that they were uh, tied in what I would refer to as a display fashion. In other words, their ankles were tied to their uh, wrists, exposing their genitalia, and they would either put them on their on their face or on their back. And um, what do the types of injuries have significance? The uh, predominantly uh, there was. uh, the removal of the sex, sex organs and uh, some books on occultism they, uh, uh, they will talk about sex organs uh, removing the testicles for the semen a uh, group called Kratos Kratos? Yeah, C-R-Y-T-O-S uh, they're uh, um do occult cults uh, um, is torture done by occult cults? Not, you know, as part of it, I would like to, for them to understand the difference between traditional occult groups and occult cult okay. groups. I think that would be better if I could put that in there. Traditional occultists follow rules set out by uh, various prescribed manuals for for uh, services and so forth. An occult cult group 
usually follows the trapping or follows that of the leader, and uh, it could be anything. All right, in a cult cult, are you saying they kind of make their own rules? Yes, sir. Now, the, do the fact of the manner in which the the types of injuries in the in the sense of the the variety of injuries uh, have significance in your opinion? And as far as the the head injuries to one plus injuries to the face in regard to the no. What, if any, significance is uh, placed to the uh, presence of water? Usually, uh, water is there to wash up with. In some cases of traditional occult roots, it's there to do baptism. Uh, just as well in Christianity. What significance, if any, is uh, there to the sucking of blood? Blood is uh, the life force. And usually they will take, uh, they prefer to have a child that is young, very young. And the younger, the more innocent, uh, the better the life force. What significance, if any, is uh, to the uh, absence of evidence of blood at the scene? Uh, I'm not sure how to answer that. They could either do uh, in occultism, they will take it and store it. Uh, they will use it to bathe in. They will use it to drink. Uh, hey, what was the what you said a minute ago about the drinking of the blood? What was that supposed to do? Uh, give power, life force, transference of life force. Now, is there in occultist? Is there any significance to? To right hand, left hand, or right side, left side? In Satanism, yes. All right. And what significance is that, if any? Right hand, they usually take the midline of the body right down the street, and uh, they will refer to the right hand path as that for Christianity. Left hand path would be for uh, Satanism. Now, in in actual practice, do, are there attempts to classify uh, the persons who are involved in the cultism into different categories of, to the extent of which they're practicing occult behavior? Yeah, we, in, in cases where there's suspected criminal activity, uh, we would look at the uh, various levels or for classification, uh, for example, uh, we could have a, a follower, uh, a leader, uh, a traditional member. Uh, we could have a victim. Okay. Well, 
What is considered a traditional? What is considered a traditional member? Traditional member would be uh, somebody who belongs to a satanic church, which is uh, recognized in, in in the state, where they have filed to corporation papers, or uh, are following traditional satanic beliefs. Uh, now, such as the American Church of Satan. And who founded that church? Uh, Anton Zandor LaVey. LaVey? Yes, sir. Right. Whoppers Knot, 1966. All right. It was established on Whoppers Knot. Yes, sir. All right. And uh, what type, are you familiar with any of the books that he's written? Yes, sir. What are some of those? Uh, he wrote the Satanic Bible, Satanic Ritual Book, and... Uh, uh, the Complete Witch. And are those uh, white witchcraft or black witchcraft? No, those are, those are black witchcraft. Now, do you have something called a uh, self-styled Satanist? Yeah, those are... Uh, that boils down, Consular, with the different types of groups. Okay which would start out with an experimenter, usually one that practices alone in an unorganized manner, uh, a uh, self-styled occultist, uh, uh, and we're talking here only in the field of Satanism, and this person has some kind of uh, problems in life, and they use the trappings of occultism to get along then we have an occult cult group, and this has a little charismatic leader uh, and uh, some f- followers. Sometimes they got a name for the group. Sometimes they don't have a name for the group. But they use all three of those, use the trappings of occultism. And then you have a traditional church that uses the traditional uh, books on occultism. Now, do you, um, in looking at uh, young people involved in the occult, do you see any particular uh, type of dress or, or jewelry or body markings or anything like that? The ones using the trappings? Yes. Yes. All right. And what types of things do you see? Uh, I have uh, personally observed people wearing uh Black fingernails, having their hair painted black, wearing black T-shirts, black uh, dungarees or, you know, that type of thing. Uh, Sometimes they will tattoo themselves. uh, Either it starts out sometimes just with ink. And because they don't know that, you know, everything that I will put it on the left as well as the right, um, then they will uh, use some earrings, we, uh, which uh, have occult symbols on them that you can buy through mail order. In regard to the tattoos, uh, is there any particular area of the hands where tattoos might be? Uh, two places. Uh, one would be on the middle finger of the left hand, 
and oftentimes uh, will be, uh, sometimes they're, like I said, at what levels, but in the web here of the Be hand. Between the thumb and the index finger? Yes, sir, right there. Of the left hand, yes. generally, unless they get mixed up? Yes, sir. Now, do uh, practitioners of uh, Satanism keep records or books of, of things or spells or things like that? Most occultists do, but uh, it depends upon how sophisticated what they do. I want to show you State's Exhibit 110 and ask if you if you'd look at that and also, uh, have you seen that before? Yes, sir, I have. And if you would look through that again. And what does that appear to you to be? A par what I would refer to as a partial book of shadows. Book of shadows, a partial? Partial. partial book. All right. Now, the, the uh, item that's drawn on the front, uh, what is that? That is, a, that is a pentagram. That happens to be a Wiccan or, or white witchcraft pentagram. All right. Now, if you would open the book to the front page. Yes, sir. Now, explain what that is. That's confusion to me. All right. And the reason why we got a, a white witchcraft uh, pentagram, then we have upside down crosses, which comes from another type of occultism. What type of occultism do the upside down that's crosses? That's black come? witchcraft. Black and, witchcraft. And that's, yeah, and that is at the stations. And that's what? That's at what we call the points, the five points. All right. What what significance is that? That it's at the five points. Well, you <coughs> usually in traditional occultism, uh, excuse me, Satanism, they uh, they will have uh, various uh, activities take place on. Okay. Now. Or figures. In white witchcraft or Wiccan, do you have upside down crosses? No, sir. Now I want to show you State's Exhibit. 115. Yes, sir. All right. And is that uh, a photograph that appears to be of that, except they're in the photograph for a couple of other items on the front? Yes, sir. All right. And what significance, if any, is there to the items that are on the front of the Book of Shadows? Well, on the front, there's overlaying this pentagram, there's an upside down cross. Uh, in black witchcraft that is uh, 180 degrees of Christianity then we have some kind of flying skull here okay. which
to be an altar is uh, a head and it appears to be of the same drawing of Ephias Levy's bump, Ephias Levy L-E-V-I Bomphomet or, or Satanic Goat Head okay. and uh, below that is a person in a robe and these robes I have seen sold in occult shops on the East Coast and West Coast. Now, is this Wicca? No, sir. This is this is black witchcraft. Right. I'll show you States Exhibit 111. significance, if any, is there of 111? It's just uh, uh, something that a gory. All right. And in uh, <coughs> people involved in occultism, is there a particular type of, of artwork that uh, you see associated with those people? The ones that I have uh, observed have been involving necromancy or love of death. Okay. Here states exhibit 116. <coughs> now, um, 116 is... In, when you look at 116 in relation to the other items that I've showed you, does that have any significance? Uh, Can you take it in relation to all the other items that I've just shown you? On, like the altar that's here, uh, several times I've, I've had the opportunity to review pictures where they will have an animal's head on a on an altar or in a room. Usually, have a candle on it. Uh, I worked cases where they they've dug up human heads. Are uh, different names, or have you ever been involved in cases where different names are used? Yes, I mean, you're asking, uh, have I seen? Uh, Books of Shadows, uh, where they've um, uh, will have different names in them. Yes, uh, and these names are used. What they use inside the cult or their little group. Now, those items that I've shown you are those related to uh, Wicca, or White Witchcraft, or Satanism. 
this is black witchcraft. I have not seen a wick of, you know, people use that. Uh, this one, uh, uh, this, this kind of confuses me because I have seen people in Wicca and well-meaning have potions and elixirs and, you know, nothing. Well, did you see Wicca use upside-down crosses? No, sir. And something that I failed to uh, show you. I'm going to show you Stacey's exhibit 83. Excuse me. Yes? And at my request, did you look over that book? Yes, I did. Right. And <laughs> does that book have, uh, is it uh, Wicca, Satanism, or both? Both. Okay. And did you notice anything in particular uh, about the book? Yeah, I, uh, a couple things. One, uh, there's a chapter in here called Rise of the Devil, and uh, it is underlined in red. And uh, oftentimes I, I get in... I look at books, and the spinals are not broke on the back. And you'll notice on this one, it's not broken back, or which to me would be indicating somebody hasn't read that part. And that, and that part starts off with witch hunt mania. Okay, I couldn't hear you. Witch hunt mania. That part doesn't look like it's been opened enough farther to read it. All right, now there's been <coughs> evidence that the defendant, uh, Damien Eccles, said uh, something to the effect, the younger the victim, the more innocent, the more innocent, the more power. Uh, are you familiar with words of an author containing that, uh, that statement? Yes, right. Al Alistair Crowley. Who? Alistair Crowley used that. Right. Who is Alistair Crowley? He was a gentleman uh, <laughs> from... Uh, England came to the United States. He uh, started a group called OTO and uh, came to the United States. He uh, started the Solar Lodge of OTO out in California. I, I can't hear you. He started the Solar Lodge in California. Solar Lodge? Solar. Yeah, he called it SOTO. Okay. And, uh, what, and <coughs> what type of beliefs does he practice? Uh, black witchcraft, Satanism. Satanism? Yes. Sir, right, could I have just one minute? <coughs> Do you know uh, 
of Aleister Crowley's position on human sacrifice? I'm allowed to answer if he knows about it, yes or no. He, uh, well, you answer yes or no. no. You're not familiar? No. Okay. <laughs> Please, if I could approach the witness for just a moment. Dr. Grevis, you had testified in your opinion that this, these murders had trappings of occultism. Now, are you aware, are you saying that this, this picture right here, State's Exhibit number uh, 111, are you saying that this is one of the basis of your opinion that the murders were trappings of occultism? No. Okay. And actually this, this picture being something that the um, Crittenden County Police Department and Sheriff's Office has had in their possession for at least a year, prior to these murders taking place, this would actually have, have no value in connection with your opinion, would it not? Not, not that picture, no. Not this picture? No, sir. All right, then how about <coughs> this other picture right here that you described, the one with the, the goat's head in the altar, uh, picture 112, which has also been in the, um, either the juvenile County Juvenile uh, Office or the Sheriff's Department for the past year. This picture is not a basis of part of your opinion that these uh, murders had trappings of occultism, is it? That is occult in nature, yes. This is occult in nature, but this yes. photo, this picture has, has not been in my client's house for the past a year prior, well, actually almost two years ago. Okay. So if, if that's the evidence, that, that this picture has nothing to do with the murders, is that correct? No. Okay. No, no one. Would you please, please. Well, does have something to do with the murders. It was shown to me last evening. Okay. And Your Honor, I'm going to interject. The question is improper because Mr. Price, number one, presumes facts that aren't in evidence in his question itself. Number two, the, the, the court's admonition to the jury that this testimony goes strictly to motive uh, in, in regard to his testimony it, it may be evidence connecting motive where Mr. Price's question is directed directly toward whether it connects with the murder, which is a difference. <coughs> His opinion was that this murder had trappings of occultism. All right, I think the proper question to ask the witness is, is, is that picture one of the things that he considered in formulating his opinion as to whether or not trappings of occultism occurred? Right. Doctor, is this picture one of the things that you considered in determining whether this uh, cultism occurred as part of this motive of the murder? Yes. This is? Yes. And you realize that this, are you aware that this picture has has not been in my client's home the past year prior to the murders? I had not been. All right. If, once, if you're told that fact, 
then does that, that change your opinion that this is a, a factor that you consider? I would have to I would have to know whether his activities changed. I I don't know that. I, right, but, you would but, be, you'd be, I would be making a guess, sir. Right, but as far as the, the the existence of a picture in his house, and that picture was not in his house a year for twelve months prior to the murders. Yes, sir. Would this picture, in and of itself, have any basis for your opinion about the that this the, the motive of this killing was cult related? In and itself. In and of itself. Would it have? Yeah, because it's it is a cult. It depicts an occult satanic scene. Yes. But if this picture has not been in his house for 12 months prior to the murders, I uh, I don't know what to, how to answer that. I'll be very honest with you, sir. I. Uh, I would have to know what he had done for that 12 months. You know. right, but, but my question, and I'll get to what he's doing for the 12 months, but my question relates to this picture. This picture has been introduced at this trial against my client. This picture has been out of my client's house 12 months prior to the murders. Okay. Your Honor, excuse me. Yes, sir. Uh, Jay, that question has been asked and answered two or three different times. I'm asking him to explain his opinion about this. Well, I think he has. <clears throat> I'd like to can I take his coat off. Yes. He wants to take his coat off. Would I'm you would you mind, Counselor, if I Oh no, not take, go ahead. I come down to Arkansas to get some well, some heat. I'm sure you <laughs> Thank you. Sure. All right. In looking at this this book here, I think you call it the Book of Shadows, yes, Exhibit sir. Number One Ten. Uh, the first writings in this book talk about a the rites are performed within a nine foot circle. Yes, sir. All right. Um, isn't it true that there is no evidence at the crime scene of a nine foot circle? That's correct, sir. Right. Uh, in addition, this per it also says that incense was used in all witchcraft ceremonies. And isn't it true that there's no evidence of any incense at the crime scene? From what I've been told, yes, sir. All right, so this page in this book has nothing to do with, does this page have anything to do with your opinion that the uh, motive for the murders had trappings of occultism? That page? Yes, sir. No, sir. This page. All right, the next thing talks about improving the memory. Did, did that spell have anything to do with the crime scene? Um, another one is a... A love charm. Did that have anything to do with the murders? That's the best of my knowledge. Okay. Uh, to improve the chances of success. Did, did that potion have anything to do with the crime scene of the murder? I. That one I don't know. Okay. Uh, here's one. A cure for worms. Was there any evidence of any worms at the crime scene? I have not seen the crime scene reports right. as to that topic. Okay. <clears throat> uh, a cure for cramps. Is there any evidence about cramps being a, an element or issue at the crime scene? No, sir. Okay, now, earlier you testified about this particular book here and mentioned that part of the book 
part of the pages were open and that there was some lines underlined. Uh, you have no knowledge of, of who it was that underlined no, sir, parts of the book. And I think you had mentioned one of the chapters in the book. Of course, this book has several different chapters. Uh, chapter 1, about horned gods and mother goddesses. Chapter 2, evolution of witchcraft magic. Chapter 3, witches, brews, and broomsticks. Chapter 4, the pagan witches. Chapter 5, the rise of the devil. Chapter 6, the witch hunt mania. Chapter 7, juvenile witch hunters. Chapter 8, the resurrection of the craft. Now, is there anything in this particular book that is your basis of the opinion that the motive of these murders had trappings of occultism? I found it very interesting, Consular, that the only thing that was uh, underlined in that dealt with uh, uh, devil worship. And there, if, if I remember correctly, there was a couple sentences in there reference to uh, blood and its life force. But as far as any um, thing in this book dealing with how to commit murders, how to kill somebody, anything of that nature, that type of material is not in this book. Is, is it a black manual? No, sir. Now, going back to the factors that you had stated that were some of the factors that you considered in making your opinion, um, you first talked about the, the effect that a particular date, I think you said May the 1st, and then also April the 30th are, are important dates. All right now, it, let me back up a bit. In looking at your analysis of this particular crime, did you take some Satanist beliefs, some Wiccan beliefs, some occult beliefs and kind of mix it all together? All right. Are you saying that this is a Satanist crime? Indicators, you know, I, I've testified earlier, Counselor, about the different types of occult activity. All right. And from what I could see, the trappings were used were that of devil worship. Of devil worship. Yes, sir. That's right. Uh, one of the factors that you testified to was about the, the date. And is it your testimony that there are some, uh, I think you testified about April 30th and May 1st being, being dates of some type of importance? Uh, they have what is referred to as S-Sabbaths and Sabbaths. Right. As Sabbaths are higher holidays, and uh, those two dates are higher holidays. Yes, okay. sir. You said that they. Who is they? Uh, a cultist. A cultist. In general. The whole broad spectrum. The spe whole broad spectrum. Okay. Yes, sir. Is it your opinion that Damien Eccles is an occultist? I looked at the information in total, uh, Consular, uh, not to whom, whom did what. His name was on that particular book that you brought That's to correct. my attention. And I found it interesting that Damon Eccles wrote it, yeah, underlined only that things which had to do with devil worship. All right, now you testified earlier that you did not know who underlined. Yeah, that's true. That is okay. True. Yeah. Okay. All right, so are you saying that Damien Eccles is a member of the occult? I am saying that uh, 
looking at the trappings of this type of case, looking at what the book, whomever did that, that they have uh, interest in the trappings of satanic occultism. In your, in your opinion, is there a difference between a crime that has trappings of occultism and a cult-related crime? Can you draw a distinction between those two concepts? All right, Counselor, what uh, I know what you said, but I don't know if that's exactly what you mean. Uh, and and I would like to answer it this way: right. a cult is something that we've seen with David Koresh. Okay. Okay. An occult group is in Satanism. When you mix them together, uh, when you have an occult cult group, you're liable to have whatever the leader may want. Okay. All right. In your opinion, is Damien Eccles a member of an occult group or a cult group? If that's his name and he's been, uh, uh, that was, uh, uh, and he's writing those, he has an interest in it. Yes, sir. He has an interest in it. Yes, sir. All right. Is it possible to have an interest but not be an actual member of a cult group? An actual uh, occult group? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, I have have priests and ministers will call me and ask me for, you know, what does this mean or that mean? Uh, That doesn't mean that they're occultists. But on the other hand, they don't have books that are, you know, uh, that somebody's underlined with that either. Okay. So a main factor that you're considering is, is the fact that my client possessed that book. That and uh, yes, that's one. Now, back on the dates, you said that May 1st and April 30th were key dates. Now, these murders took place May 5th. Wait, wait. I think you had that backwards, Consular. Did you mean to ask me on April 30th and May 1st? April 30th, April 30th is Whopper's Knot, and yeah. May 1st is Beltane. Beltane. I, I thought you got it transposed. Oh, that's all right. Yeah, I'm, I'm mistaken if I did. No, that's all right. All right but I just want to make sure I'm answering that. Sure, well, that's fine. The, the murders, based on the testimony, took place either May 5th or May 6th. Yeah. So, so it's my understanding it was a full moon. All right, so is the fact of a full moon, is that a, a key factor that you're considering? That is one of the factors, yes, sir. All right. Now, if the murders would have taken place, um, if there was no moon, then in your opinion, would this not be a Satanist killing? It would lower the degrees of probability. All right. If the murders took place when it was a half moon, would that lower it halfway? No. You get into semantics. Okay. you testified that the manner in which the victims were tied, and I believe you testified it was a display fashion. Um, is it also true that the manner in which they were tied could be the basis of this being a sex crime and not a crime with trappings, trappings of occultism? Could be. Yes. Yes. No, I- um, could you please state the name of the case that you investigated in which 
the uh, victims were tied in this manner, which turned out that case also had trappings of occultism. Uh, I've never had one like that. All right. I've only had them where they have been displayed. All right, you had also testified that the type of injury was another factor that you considered in determining the, about the trappings of occultism. Um, is the type of injury also, the, the fact that the genitals were removed, that also could be a factor in this being a sex crime, correct? Could possibly. Okay, and could this also be a um, serial killing type of crime? Serial killers usually leave something or take something from the scene. Okay. And you'd also testified that um, the type of the torture was another factor based on your opinion. Um, can you state, tell the ladies and gentlemen of the jury, which case it was that you investigated in which uh, it was decided that it had tra trappings of occultism in which torture was a factor? This was in Warwick, Rhode Island. A female was uh, killed inside a, a pentagram, and uh, uh, she was raped and uh, uh, hit with a uh, slash with a knife a couple times. And after she was incapacitated, they uh, burned her up, set her on fire. All right. Was, in that case, did they actually find a pentagram? Yes, sir, they did. All right. And you're aware, in this case, the officers never found any kind of pentagram? Yes, sir. Or they didn't find any kind of nine-foot circle? Uh, yeah. In, in our case? In yeah. Our case. Yes. yes, sir. All right. And you also testified, or just stated a minute ago, that in the Rhode Island case that they, uh, they burned up the victim. Is fire another factor that you look at to determine if fire is present to see if, if it had, a case has trappings of occultism? Mm -hmm. okay. And in looking at the evidence in, in our case, there is no evidence of fire. That's yes. yeah, one of the things. All right. Another factor that you testified to uh, earlier was about the presence of water. Um, is it true that the bodies could have been placed in the water in order to drown them. That's what the medical examiners said to me. Right. So, so would you agree with me that, that that could be one of the reasons they were placed in the water? Yes. Okay. And also, is it true that bodies could have been placed in water to help avoid detection of the bodies? Is that possible? Yes. Sir. Yes. All right. So the the fact that the the um, bodies were found near a presence of water. That, in and of itself, does not that does not make this a trappings of a cult-related killing. Usually, in occult cases, they will be around a water source. All right. And what is a case that in which you've investigated in which there's a determination that it had trappings of a cult-related killing, which was around a water source? The one in Ionia, the one in Michigan, where the boy is now in Ionia prison. Okay. That's the mission case. Yes, sir. Okay, you also testified that the sucking of blood was a factor to consider. Um, and that blood is a life force. And you mentioned that they usually usually they will take take the blood. Um, 
did you have a chance to, I'm sure you discussed with the medical examiner, the amount and the loss of blood in all three of the victims in this case? Yes. All right, and I'm sure you looked at the autopsy photographs yes, and sir. read the autopsy. Yes, sir. And of the three victims, um, only one of the victims, um, let's write that. Um, <clears throat> do you have an opinion as to where all the blood went in this case? No, I don't. are black and red. Okay, and are you also aware that Jonesboro High's colors are, are black and gold? I've I've gone on record also saying just because they were one of the you know shirt like that doesn't make them the next answer. Mm -hmm. And how many of the cases that you've investigated in which the determination was made that it was they had trappings of occultism in which the um, defendants wore black t-shirts? You're asking specific numbers, sir? Yes, I cannot give you a specific number. Uh, I get asked that question, and people send me pictures privately. Parents do, whatever. Okay. All right, backing up to the photograph picture over here. State's Exhibit Number 111. Um, in the research that you conducted, are you aware that this picture came from a skating magazine? Uh, source was not told to me. I mean, I'm sure you've looked at the back of this photograph. Skater Parks, your 1991 tour guide. No, sir, I was not given the back. Nor was I given the note inside. Judge, right, we certainly did not stipulate to the introduction of this particular note. I didn't know it was there either. I know. I think. testified about a quote from, I believe, Alistair Crowley, C-R-O-W-L-E-Y, yes, sir. Okay. Dealing with younger younger victims? Yes, sir. Okay. <clears throat> Are you aware that the West Memphis Police Department asked my client how he thought the murders might have occurred? No, sir, I'm not aware. Are you aware that the West Memphis Police Department asked approximately 200 other individuals how they thought the murders might have occurred? I'm not aware of that, sir. Okay. All right, the 
the fact that there's no pattern to the placement of the bodies uh, out at the crime scene, I mean, is that a factor that if the bodies were placed in a pattern, would that be a factor you'd consider? Yes, sir. Okay. But the fact that the bodies were not placed in a pattern, then that that's a factor you did not consider? You want to you were looking down uh, when you asked that counselor. Are you you're suggesting that they were not in a pattern when they were found? Let me rephrase this. Yes, sir. Did the crime scene indicate to you that the boys were laid out in a line or in a unique manner? I sus by the way they were uh, tied up. I could only suspect that. Okay. Okay. Were you aware that you specifically asked that question on January 27, 1994, to Detective Ridge of the West Memphis Police Department, and he answered no pattern to the placement of the bodies? Yes, sir. Except the placement in the water? Yeah. Okay, did you also ask Detective Ridge, was there any natural substance in any way laid out in a pattern? I believe that was question number four. You got that. C could you bring it up sure. so I could take a look at it, like like Consular? Yes, I did. All right, and you're also aware that uh, Detective Ridge's answer was that from his examination of the crime scene, I could not find any items that were laid out in any pattern. Yes, sir. I didn't, what was question number six that you asked Detective Ridge? Were there any indicators of a slab or a log or a device present at the scene? Okay, and he answered number six, no slab or log was found to be in the area. You aware of that? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Is the fact that there were three victims in this case a factor that you considered in reaching your conclusion? No, I just looked at the base number three, that's all. Okay.
Uh, Dr. Griffiths, if I could approach you again. Sure. Um, there's, there was an initial group of 11 questions and then starting midway to the bottom part of page one and looking at some of the scene photos, flyover photos and data from the corner, some primary indicators come to focus on. And what was the primary indicator number five Uh, at the time, Consular, uh, I was working from uh, crime scene photos and not medical examiner photos. Okay. And I placed down all three boys were traumatized in the area of the penis. Okay. That's wrong. All right. I mean, that's wrong. You were able to correct that once you had a chance to look at the autopsy yes, photos. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, No further questions at this time, Ron. Dr. Griffiths, is any of the stuff that you've told this jury so far been based on things you learned out at this college? Yes. Okay. Now, were those, did you learn those things during any particular course or class? For the course in toto, I was required to read several occult books. Okay. So basically what you, what you have, what you learned was just someone else's opinion in a book? No, sir. Okay. Okay. Now, you said that one of your reasons for your opinion was because you saw a book and you said the person who had this book had an interest in the occult, right? Yes, sir. How many books do you have on the occult? In-house right now? Yeah, how I many you have? About 4,800. You got an awful lot of interest in it, don't you? Yeah. Are you a member of the occult? No. But you've got an interest in it, don't you? That's my job. You make a living out of having an interest in the occult. Is that right? Not just that in, ex in, excess, in itself. So having an interest in it doesn't make you a participant in it, does it? No. Okay. All right. I noticed that you didn't answer one of Mr. Price's questions. You kind of dodged around it. And I want to ask you again. Could this be a serial killer? I'd have to have the answer to several questions before. Okay. It could be. No, I just said I'd have to know a, uh, a lot more than just taking a guesstimate. Is... Basically, everything you've told us here today is a guesstimate, isn't it? No, it's based on training and, and Well, if you can't rule out that it's a, a serial killer, aren't you just guessing that it's a, a cult killing? No, the trappings are there. What, in a serial killer, there are things that you've looked for. You haven't given me anything that would, you know... So basically, you're telling this jury, you don't have enough information to truly form a complete opinion. 
On serial killing? No. Okay. So since you can't rule it out, it's still a possibility, isn't it? I would have to know a lot more, yes. Okay. So that means you can't rule it out. Have you ever been to this crime scene? West Memphis, Arkansas? No, sir. Never even walked out there, have you? I, I went past it last evening, that was it. Never walked out in there, have you? No, sir. Wouldn't that be important if you're going to give an opinion about this crime scene being a, uh, the site of a ritualistic occult killing that you actually go and see it? They sent me pictures of all four sites. They sent you pictures? Okay, did those pictures show you every angle? They showed me, I think, three, uh, three or four angles, yes. Three or four angles, but there's a lot more than three or four angles if you're out in wooded area, isn't there? I, in looking at occult cases, Consular, I look at the points of the compass as an indicator. Points of the compass, okay. Part of your opinion, <coughs> part of your opinion is based upon the fact, isn't it, that this happened in a secluded area. Isn't that right? Yes. This secluded area right near these homes, near this truck squash, and near this truck stop. That secluded area? Consular. I'm sorry, but I can't see from this angle. Well, get down there and tell me, if, tell this jury if you even know where the crime scene is on that photograph. Can you pick it out? Yes. You can get down if you'd like. Thank you. And you're telling this jury that is a secluded area. But you've never been there, have you? No, sir. Do you know how far it is from where these bodies were found to the nearest home? Do you know? Uh, I was in uh, Brian's uh, comment. I can't remember exactly. You don't know, do you? Not right now, but I knew at the time. Okay. Now, if you're trying to make a determination that it being in a secluded area is important, doesn't it stand to reason that you want to know how close you are to other things? How close you are to a home, to a business? I was consular in a case in, uh, That's in Boston, which was right beside a church or a school. They didn't, never saw it either. That's not my question. My question is, if you're trying to make, if you're basing your opinion on the fact that it's in a secluded area, yes. isn't it important to know how close it is to a residence or a business? I think in Mr. Ridge's report to me, it was there. That's not my question. Is it important? The third time. Is it important in determining whether you're in a secluded area to know how close the nearest residence, yes. the nearest business? But you don't know that, do you? I was told by, uh, I would think it was in his report of, of uh, Brian's, how close it was. But you don't know, do you? No, sir. Do you have an opinion about where the blood went? Or you don't know, do you? 
No. Don't know? I do not, in this case, know where the blood went. They have not told me. Okay. Now, if there was testimony in this case that these boys were killed somewhere else. Yes, sir. They were taken and tied up and gagged. Your Honor, that assumes facts that aren't in evidence for him to say if there was testimony that they were killed somewhere else. Let me ask the hypothetical question that the way Mr. Fogelman did. Your Honor, that is what he said. He said if there was testimony, my hypothetical included testimony that there's actually been. If you're going to form a hypothetical, it's going to have to be based on facts that are in evidence. Or may be presented in evidence. Or may be presented. Your Honor, let me approach. Yes, he did. He gave his opinion, Your Honor. He gave his opinion that in his opinion these homicides occurred somewhere other than that state. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. He just said it was possible. Well, that's an opinion. That's an opinion. Do I have a chance to read it? I can't read all that hundred and some odd pages right now and find it. But I know that he gave that opinion. He gave an opinion it could have happened one of three places. In the water. At the bank. Or somewhere else. And of those three, the most plausible was somewhere else. I think that was your testimony. That was his testimony. May we look at that brief so we can read it? If you want to find that in there. Yeah, that's what Ron is going to look for while I'm asking some other questions. Or do you want to keep that a secret? I'm going to keep this. This is my copy. What a joke. Can we take a break since he won't let us look at his copy to get a copy of it? You can get all the copies you want, but we're not taking a break now. Let's move along. Your Honor, I can't question this witness until I have answered that question. Until you have what answered? I believe Dr. Peretti gave the opinion that of those three possibilities, the most probable was that it happened somewhere else. Here's the area where you were questioning. You want to go over it right there? There's a question and answer on page 111. Let the judge read it. Hadn't you already had a chance? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I've read it. If there were testimony in this case that these homicides could have occurred somewhere else. Your Honor, it's the same objection. You want to come up here and point it out to me? Your Honor, I asked Dr. Peretti the question. Is this a certified copy of the transcript? First of all, Your Honor, I would question that about the blood unless it happened in the water or it happened at some other place. That was his testimony. He just said it was possible. And I'm asking him, all I want to know is if there's any positive factual testimony that it happened somewhere else. Well, do I get to call him back? Do I get to call him back at the conclusion of my case? Or do I get to ask him these hypothetical questions now? Are you telling me that you have some physical evidence that this murder occurred someplace else? Your Honor, I'm telling you that I believe that there's an argument that's from this witness right here, Dr. Peretti, that based on this testimony, I can argue to the jury that it could have happened somewhere else. I'm sure. 
Okay, therefore I'm entitled but to ask him. But you don't have him. any facts at But all. if I'm entitled to ask him, if if he if he were were told that this homicide occurred somewhere else, would that change his opinion that this is an occult killing? I think I'm entitled to ask him that because the jury may very well conclude and agree that yes, these happened somewhere else. And if that is true, they need to know that his opinion would be different. Just assuming the fact it's not enough. Well, that's I, I, what I can't ask him if 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 this homicide occurred somewhere else, would you have a different opinion? I'll let you ask that question. In that particular just like you just asked. Okay. Doctor, he said he didn't know whether he was supposed to listen or not. That's why he turned his back. If lost, if this homicide occurred somewhere else, yes, sir. Other than in these woods, would your opinion that this was an occult killing change? You're asking me to make an opinion, Counselor. Absolutely, I sure am. And to have that, I would also have to know, do we know where it happened? If the homicides did occur somewhere else, would your opinion change? I would have to have a different set of facts. So does that mean, yes, your opinion would change or no, your opinion would not change? No, my comment is the same, Counselor, as what I just said to you. I'd have to know some more facts. Would the likelihood go down if the homicides occurred somewhere else? It could go up. It could go down. It could go down. It could go down. It could go up. What evidence do you have to link Jason Baldwin to the occult? What evidence? Only what I was told last evening. What evidence do you have that links Jason Baldwin to the occult? He was the individual who sucked the blood out of the individual's penis. Okay. If that evidence is wrong, if that evidence is a lie, do you have any other evidence to connect Jason Baldwin to the occult? I have not seen the reports to know if other people said he was present or not, so the answer would be no. The answer is no. Yeah. Anything else? Yes, sir. I've got some more questions. Your Honor, I've got one question. All right. The serial killers have been mentioned. In your experience, do serial killers act alone or run in packs? Of all the cases I've read about, there's only been, I think, two of them that ran with another individual. Most generally, they act alone. All right. Is this redirect that you've got now? No, sir. It's recross-examination. Based upon that one question? No, based upon Mr. Ford's question, Judge. 
I'm not going to let you go too far and recrossing on each other, but go ahead to a limited degree. Just one brief area, Your Honor. If I could approach the witness. Can you identify with that picture? Yeah. Yeah. And I believe this. Back to when I had not so much gray hair. And I believe there was an article in the Capital Magazine. Yeah. You identified that earlier today as from someplace else. That's that's out of Columbus, Ohio. Okay, excuse me. Yes, sir. Do you recall an article in the Capital Magazine, Dispatch Magazine, July 15, 1984? And this was basically an article about you. It was entitled Sympathy for the Devil, uh, and it talked about your um, your activities in this area, and your research, and your consulting, and, and that type of thing. What about, yeah, yes, sir. I, I think, actually, I believe you Not still, so much consulting. Well, because I mean, you were still I, with the department. I yeah, I was with the department, and I was being asked questions from other departments. I did not. All right. Yeah. I want to ask you about a quote that's attributed to you that's contained in this article. You've got to remember there's a lot of sheriffs and a lot of police chiefs under a hell of a lot of pressure when I get there. He said, I'm there to help my brother police officers. I report to them, not the public. Was this a, is this quote attributed to yes, you? Sir. No further questions. I don't have any further questions. Can we let him go? You're going to have to have a state policeman take you to that plane, I guess. Thank you, sir. If you're still with me, you've just heard an hour and a half of all of the strengths and weaknesses of the state's theory of motive in this case and it's up for you to decide if it's credible. We'll discuss all of your thoughts and get into some of mine in this week's Friday follow-up. Next week, we're going to jump back to the beginning, to the day after the bodies of Stevie, Michael, and Christopher were found, and track the West Memphis Police Department's investigation, the real investigation that was happening behind the scenes while the leads were being followed that we've discussed in previous episodes. The investigation that led to Damien Eccles. Truth and Justice is a production of NBI Studios. Michael Bussing is our executive producer and Shane Yoder is our sound engineer. All music for the show was created and composed by PutThemInASong.com, who also created our Season 5 logo. I want to thank Katie Ross of CreatedInTandem.com for designing, managing, and maintaining our website. And thank you to our transcription team, Sarah Mueller, Anna Dindorf, Britta Bliss, and Stephanie McConnell. And as always, thank you to all of you for all of your thoughts, theories, and ideas. Keep sending them in to theories at truthandjusticepod.com. You can like our Facebook page or follow us on Twitter at truthjusticepod. You can also always call in and leave a voicemail with a question, comment, tip, or theory at 269-224-2833, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. However you do it, stay engaged, stay in touch. But as for now, I'm signing off. I'm Bob Ruff, and this has been Truth and Justice. Truth and Justice.